Welcome to the show, everybody. Day sixty something or other. <laughs> we're still in we're still in quarantine, even though that's because Chris and I are cautious and intelligent people that are thinking it's better safe than sorry. We don't want to get the COVID like a seemingly everybody else in the United States right now because we're reopening. And I saw something that 22 states have hit their highest spikes since it started, uh, since things have been opening again. So that's great. And yeah. uh, so much so, Chris, I want to talk about that a little more with you and your trip to Arizona. So we're going to cover that. OK, OK, fine. Yeah. And I hope you get depressed when we do. So <laughs> thanks. I probably will. Well, I can be so it's a double edged sword, right? You get depressed, you can't go on your trip, but I get jealous if you do go on your trip. So, you know, it's sort of a lose lose regardless of what happens, right? Right. For right. me, it's a win <laughs> for you. <laughs> but if you go, my friends, but if you do get to go, I'm glad my friend's happy, but then I'm jealous. So I still lose. Oh, I see. Yeah. But if You're you right. don't go, I'm not jealous, but I feel bad for you. So it's, gotcha. it is lose lose, but okay, at fair the enough. same time, I'll be like, oh, and I'll be upset. Be like, man, if he went to Arizona, maybe he'd bring his genuine friend back a cool Arizona souvenir. <laughs> but, you know, because you know me, a big souvenir guy. That's right. You need some more stuff in that office of yours. No, I don't. I've, I had a big, while I was laying on the floor while my son went to sleep, um, I had this big, <laughs> this big like you know we got the everything garbage day coming up maybe it's time to just scorched earth my office just purge yeah. just say to somebody like hey i don't want to see here are a bunch of boxes whatever you can fit in here minus I'll, I'll put like certain things like these few things but no i'll take a few boxes and fill them up with like these are the things that are safe no matter what there you go right here are whatever you can and then i'll say to someone whatever you can fit into these boxes just make go away <laughs> I don't have to know what it is. But then I come in here and I see all my treasures and I come <laughs> to my senses. Um, but yeah, so there's that. Um, I want to hear more. I saw some bread on Instagram today and I'm yeah. speaking of being jealous. I'm still jealous of the bread. So I want to I want to talk bread a little bit. It's been a while since we've had a good deep bread talk. Happy to talk about that. Okay, good. And then while we're at it, I hear you got a story that you want to cover on this podcast, not related to golf. No, but it's fantastic. And you'll, you're going to love it. I loved it. I, I had to bring it to the show. I, I was compelled to bring it to the show. It must be discussed. As we all know, I much prefer the non-golf topics on this golf podcast. So I'm in. <laughs> That's right. Can't wait. And then because it is a golf podcast, we should probably talk about, uh, the PGA Tour is starting up this week and the broadcast and what that's going to look like, who's playing with who. It's going to be a good time. At least we got something back. It is something. The social media is already buzzing from it, except the driver range heroes and Chris McEwen.com <laughs> accounts. <laughs> We're busy posting about bread and <laughs> so true bread. And uh, you did post think. about umbrellas today. That was very timely. That was very timely. I was like, man, it's storming out. I got these filet mignons aren't going to grill themselves. <laughs> so I better I better call on my Big Mac's umbrella. 
Uh, speaking of Big Macs, Umbrella, who uh, who's bringing us the show today? Tonight, today, today, tonight, remember. you whatever. We have a very special and personal sponsor of the show. It is, it's a sponsor that's with me almost every night on this show. Quite honestly, oh, it's the first bottled bourbon. Old Forester. I say, at least let me name it. Old Forester is a good one. It's a real good one. And I enjoy it immensely. So, yeah, that's it. Old Forester. Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. It's delicious. It doesn't give me a headache. It's not hot or burny when you drink it. And it's like, and it's like $18. It's true. I got the one I got. I accidentally ordered through in, through Instacart the mammoth, like, you know, gallon of bourbon. So thank goodness I like it as much as I do. It's a steal. Um, you can get that at the beer cellar located in Glen Island and Geneva. Just saying, um, you know what we should do sometime? What's that? Just just have a whole show. Let's do before we get out of the show. We come out of quarantine and shut down the lockdown golf podcast. Let's do a whole show about the history of bourbon. I can do that. Yeah, I think we should. Yeah. Talk about like what bottled and bond means and why it exists and what bourbon. That'd be fun for me. You could t- teach me a lot. I know Old Forester never stopped uh, making bourbon ever. Prohibition or not. They're like, like nope. They I feel like they can't be the only ones. Because that was a big deal coming out of, well, here, a little lesson, little tease for the episode. <laughs> that was a big deal with, during Prohibition because people stopped their operation, but some people went like, well, we can't sell bourbon, but we already have all these barrels we just filled before Prohibition set. We can afford to keep storing them and not doing anything with them. So they just left them sit so normally like right Mm, yeah right bourbon has to age. there's it legally has to be aged in a barrel for two years minimum or else you can't call it bourbon now most bourbons they say like the average age for most sipping bourbons yeah obviously like the stuff that's oh this is 12 year uh, 20 year whatever right Mm -hmm. that's aged that many years but generally, they say like the average age of a barrel will be like six years. So or six years, eight years, something like that. So obviously, prohibition went on longer than that. And so even back, back in the during the Depression, World War Two, that era, there were these like cool, unique boutique bourbons coming out for people who were able to hang on to barrels all during prohibition and not sell them or do anything with them because they followed the law. Right. Ah, and then you run into, of course, well, that doesn't mean I can't sell this bourbon to Canada. Right. Right. And then Canada will just sell it right back to us. Yep. On the underground market. It's like today's, well, until the barbershops opened back up recently, it was like getting a haircut. Mm-hmm. You had to go to the black market to get a haircut. I won't. I won't lie to you. I I tried convincing the girl who cuts my hair. Like, hey, I tell you what, you can cut my hair at my house, and uh, probably if you wanted to, like, just run up the bill. You could get everybody in the house in one shot. Be like a tattoo party. It's just a haircut party. 
Hey, bless her though. You know what she said? Ha ha. Right. And oh, I like of, it. And that Good was for the her. end of that conversation. That's why yeah. she's the, that's why she's the best in the biz. Yeah. And that's why I got a mohawk now. Don't worry about right. it. <laughs> right. All right. This has been approximately a 10 minute introduction to our show. <laughs> Welcome to an hour of the Lockdown Golf Podcast, day 60 billion. I don't know. Right. right. You ready to start a show, Chris? Why not? Roll it. So who are you? I'm Bill Bush. Some bad news. So who are you? I'm Chris McEwen. They're infected. Infected. I forgot how we start the show, and it's only day 62. <laughs> day day 62, Lockdown Golf Podcast. Isn't Chris, it day 63? What day are we at? It's 62. Okay. Is it? I don't I know. I thought it was 63. It might be. Here, you know, I have a website called DriveRangeHeroes.com. Right. Check go it out for all your at, golf content. I have the actual episodes on my computer that I can go and look at. Yeah, I say June, it says June 9th, 2020 was... Uh, Day 61. Yeah, so today's okay. day 62. All right. Day 62 right. of the Lockdown Golf Podcast. You'd think by now we'd have this <laughs> thing figured out. We sure as hell don't. Chris, how you doing today? Uh, uh, um, I'm good. I just want to publicly state that I was wrong and you were right. I didn't even start that trouble. I just was letting, it, letting it slide. But um, I'm not used to that, but I felt good hearing you say that. I'm on, I'm on a bit of a high right now. I got to tell you because... I have now had back-to-back super successful breads. So Ginny from the block, the new starter. I saw the picture of it. It looked great. Oh, my goodness. So the first – so three days ago, I think it was, because, yeah, I think I made it on a Friday. Um, Maybe it was four days ago. I don't know. Um, Made a real tiny just little, little day bread, right? A little quick little day bread. Took eight hours to make or something. Nothing – no big deal. Quick little um, day bread, like anybody knows what you're talking about. I just what, told I you, it, was a, it took me a day to make. It was it was an eight hour effort. Well, like, what is a not day bread? It's what I made the second time, which took me, which basically, all right, I'll get, you want to get into it? We'll get into it. Well, I don't everybody, understand. So I do understand like. sit back and relax. <laughs> I do understand where you have to like let the, the, the starter eat and grow and all that. Right. But I guess what I don't get is like once you're making the bread, what, like. So it's all Aren't really they all day a day at that point. I mean, they they could be, but they shouldn't be. So it's all about fermentation, right? So the quick little eight hour bread, you basically you're only letting it ferment for about six hours or so, mm-hmm. right? So I I started in the morning. It's uh it's flour, water, starter, salt, right? You build it, you let it sit for a half hour. You do a fold. You do that for like four times, and then you let it sit for about four hours or so. You give it one more fold, let it sit a half hour, you give it one more fold, and then it goes into the oven and you bake it. So it doesn't have a lot of time to really kind of ferment and to get real kind of like gassy, basically, to get all that air into it. Um, and so I'll you're not going to have a real kind I'll of fluffy tell you someone, something bread. Something gassy right now. <laughs> right. So that's what a day bread is. Basically, it's just a quick little loaf of bread. Not a lot of effort, not a lot of, you know, just it's just a little bread. But today, well, actually, I started it yesterday. Uh, when you do something that isn't technically a day bread, it's much, you know, it took basically about 24 hours total 
but you go through the process, same kind of thing. You put those four ingredients together, essentially. Um, this one had, so there's different hydration levels with breads. Like the first one I made, it's a very easy kind of 60% hydration, um, which makes it easier to work with. This one was more closer to 75% hydration, which is really kind of a sticky dough and can be kind of a bitch to deal with. But anyways, the night before you go through and you do all that kind of stuff, you go through the same sort of day bread routine. So basically eight hours of preparation, but then when you do, you let it ferment for another kind of eight to 12 hours overnight in the fridge. And then once it's done that, you give it the final folds, you put it back in the fridge and you let it ferment. And again, I probably let this one ferment for about eight hours again after that. Um, and then I baked it. But uh, but anyways, they were both fantastic. This last one, today's, I mean, the first bread we were, it was gone in a day. Like my wife and I just kept kind of walking up to it and kind of picking at it during the day. And it was like, gone, that was it. This one I made specifically, the other thing I'm getting really good at is the timing of things. So I had this one ready, cut open, nice and warm, right for dinner. So we had a nice lemon garlic chicken breast with some asparagus and some nice brand new warm bread. And it was just so good. So very good. So I'm feeling... I'm feeling good about myself right now. I made filet mignon tonight. Hmm. So take that. Nice. Here's one thing I'll say. Um, I still, I have to say, uh, I'm, I've noticed I still haven't had any of this bread yet, and I have seen you now, so I don't know what the excuses are. Well, when I saw you, the starter wasn't ready for public uh, consumption. I wasn't confident <laughs> in Jenny from the block. You don't use but a now, starter for uh, pumpkin, was it pumpkin apple bread? That's true. That's so, true. just saying, bro. In fact, I ate a slice of the uh, double chocolate on the way to the course. I should, I, gotta, have, I should have included you on that. I got a nice amplifier sitting here waiting for you. And I <laughs> yeah, you're oh. right. I, I owe you a, a nice, thick slice of bread, if not a loaf. Oh, God well. knows we have enough bread in this this house right now. I want I want one of the good loaves. And I don't mean that in a like shitty way. I'm like, I want to get all in this. I want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got you. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I want to. I want it like. I want our souls to intertwine over this bread. You'll. Um, you'll oh, it's there. It's so good. But anyways, I'll try to deliver of, some stuff to you. Speaking of things I have for you, I do have a box of a dozen Bridgestone Tour B XS golf balls. I gotta get. Don't let me forget that next time we play. Oh yeah, I'll, I could probably use those after our last round because. Good lord, I put a lot guys, of golf guys, balls in long grass. Get it? Because it means he lost a lot of balls. That's true. Although that's you know what that means. It means a lot more followers and subscribers because exactly. I got my at exactly <laughs> my hat on there. So you how, know, there's a there's, there's a silver lining. How about when we gambled? Um, I we both hit terrible uh, yeah. tee shots in like terrible spots, and I said. Hey, bring your ball over by mine and let's have uh closest to the pin contest from here. Right, where we had with to a punch friendly out wager. And like I tried to bet you a dollar and you're like, oh, I'm such a big baller, I don't carry singles on me. <laughs> Which and all, all jokes aside, like singles, twenties, hundreds, I'm lucky I ever have any cash on me. So I should have uh, said I should have been like, I'll bet you twenty, because that's all I got. You've been like, Mr. Twenty Dollar Yep. 
and it would have been right. So uh, <laughs> we we bet on this punch shot that like was completely impossible for especially for hacks like us. Yeah. And close us to the pin and like idiots. We don't stipulate. <laughs> you have to be on the green, though, to win. So <sighs> I think you advanced your ball 20 feet. I advanced I, my ball right. <laughs> uh, 13 at best. Right. I hit the tree directly in front of us and it went somewhere else. Yeah. We never saw it land. It just hit the tree branch and it was gone. Yeah. And then, yeah, you duffed yours into the long grass right behind where we thought mine landed. Right. So the best part was, though, I may have hit after that. I may have hit my best shot of the day with the 107 yard. That's uh, true. Six six iron chip to like six feet. (laughs) That's true. Never got higher than four feet off the ground. It was that was a thing. That was a like, hey, if you and Josh weren't sure about my golf game, there was proof that uh, there's a little magic in these hands. Right, right. That but was a that, th- shot. that thirteen foot duff <laughs> <laughs> was was proof that I'm a pure driver range hero. Uh, that's true. Oh, and when I almost killed Josh, that was another instance. But yeah, so that was a good bet, and you won a lovely Bridgestone Tour BX. Not XS, yeah. X golf ball out of it. What a deal. I played with it for the rest of the round. I think it's still so maybe, in the in the push cart. Say it was lucky you managed to keep a ball the rest of the way in <laughs> after that point. <laughs> I know. Hey, yeah, I was there was too. It was, it was impressive. So was good, rough. man. The bread's going. I can't I, I genuinely can't wait to get get in on some of this. The worst is gonna be like, man, this is really good. Uh what do I gotta do to keep this coming my way? Yeah, this right. make some this can make for some delightful uh deli sandwiches. Oh, it does. Oh god. It does. Like I'll make a panini with those bad boys. Forget it, man. I can't so wait good. till you start getting the into crust like, is just so good. Start making like animals and stuff like they do at uh, what's that place called in San Francisco? That's a big deal, right? In Fisherman's yeah. Wharf. Start doing stuff like that, and the or when you just start making loaves that are like the you know the size of your kitchen counter, they're just massive. Right, right. Well, Can't I mean, wait. the reason that the one that um, today's loaf looked so looked so good is because um, I scored it, and you had that nice ear, so you had that little kind of. That little, I don't know what you want to call it. It's a, that's called an ear for those bread kids that are out there. But um, that little kind of piece of bread that was separate almost from the bread, you know, from the loaf. In your case, we should call it a nose. <laughs> call back to the so nose mean. joke. Remember it's that? so mean to me. So I've got a story up for you. Wait, can I William? ask you a question? I want to go back yeah. to the nose thing real quick. Right. I looked. I'm like, have I missed something about your nose the whole time? There's <laughs> like, there's nothing weird about your nose. No, it was just a joke. It was just a okay. Random, so it's just a bit why. that came out of our show. Yeah, it was just okay. a weird thing that I called out, and then you were like, you I wrote me it. about it, and Scotty yeah. loved it because you so definitely like, don't like. Not to, I, mean, I compliment your looks quite a bit, but <laughs> like, it's all true. jokes Every aside, day. not to be weird about it. You don't have a weird nose. Your nose is fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't mind it. It's fine. Now I'm like, it's a a little on the Scotty Pippen side, but it's fine. It does the job. Mine's a little on the crooked side because uh, my good friend Matt McAndrew hit me in the face with a baseball doing short toss in high school. He was like, we're so we're in the batting cages, you know, and he's like 15 feet away behind the L screen. 
And um, there was this kid on York who was a total shithead. And I was like, hey, who am I? I did an impression of his stupid stance and he was wore sunglasses. He was just like a little Oompa Loompa. He was the worst. Um, and my, like this kid, I mean, I was I stood up in his wedding, stood up in mine. Great kid. Uh, he's and he but he was a pitcher and he's like, do you know what I would do? And he meant to like he just like from 15 feet away, just rips one at me. And he's like trying to hit me you know, somewhere in the body, just straight in my nose. And I mean, it was like someone turned on like a hose spigot of blood just pouring from my face. I like grabbed it with both my hands, hold it so it doesn't go. It stops. I'm like, maybe it's just one burst, like remove my hands and it's spilling out, spilling out. And it looked like a murder scene in the it's that like white crushed gravel, you know, in like a outdoor limestone. Yeah, Yeah. 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 And then all my clothes are just soaked in blood my batting gloves i think i still have one of them somewhere like in the baseball bag up in the rafters and they're just covered in blood which just out of like fun conceptually i just keep them because it's hilarious um yeah and so it didn't really bug me i'm like ah, oh, you know i can breathe fine it must not be broken or whatever and it wasn't like extremely crooked or anything to the point where i'm like man what'd you you know it wasn't pointing 45 degrees the wrong direction yeah, but now it's like, oh, you have a deviated septum. You ever notice your nose isn't exactly straight? And I go, oh, I guess you're right. It must be from that. <laughs> anyway, oh, you were hey, saying, by the way, yeah. since we're talking about crooked and broken things, um, sure enough, last night, guess what I did in my sleep? I thought this would be a Chicago joke. Uh, something to your tooth. Yep, chipped my tooth. <laughs> Do you always keep like a thing of fix a dent in your bathroom <laughs> cabinet? Thankfully, it's so it's very small. You, I no one would notice but me. Like I saw it this morning, I was like, God bless it. Well, then you got that so, like yeah. that like sandy tooth grit feeling in your mouth all day. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can find the spot with like in, within a yeah millisecond. Like, yep, yep, there it is. Um, I don't know if anybody else is doing that <laughs> while they're listening. Just be like, God, my teeth. Mm-hmm. So since we're not really talking about golf right now, I have a, I have a non-golf related story that I thought this was, it, I just found this fascinating. And I read it and I was like, I want to, I want to share this with Bill okay, and our listeners, quite honestly. But I saw it first in the Tribune. It was a very short bl- like blurb about this thing. And I'm like, I have to know more about this. For those not it's, from here, that's a Chicago Tribune, an old <clears throat> right, newspaper here in Chicago. Right. The um, former owners of the Chicago Cubs. Right. And now it's going to be dismantled by a some trust or a, by some hedge fund. But, anyways, um, I I tracked down the original story. It was in the Santa Fe New Mexican, which is a oh, newspaper. My, apparently, it's one of my favorite periodicals. Yeah. So uh, a an eighty nine year old Santa Fe author and artifacts dealer named Forrest Fenn. Oh, you saw that too? Yes, in twenty ten. He literally hid a treasure, a treasure chest in the mm-hmm. Rocky Mountains. <laughs> he, he hid a treasure treasure chest in the Rocky Mountains 10 years ago. And we're talking like stereotypical golden doubloons, like yes. something straight out of a pirate yeah, gold fantasy jewels, novel. Right. All yeah. the, that kind of like, yeah. And, um, and la- this week it was reported that someone has found it. 
after yep. 10 years. And he was giving clues out. He was like writing poems to like kind of give clues. And um, this is just, so he won't say where it was found or, or, or who found it. Right. He won't, he won't say any of that, but. Well, cause you know, um, what's going to come out. He's, he's going to have, he's, we're going to find out he's done this more than once. And he's going to be like, there's more out. People are going to go, you know what he's saying? There's more out there. The search right. is still on. Right. right. So he doesn't but, want to give away any sort of specifics. Right. Right. So awesome. apparently an estimated 350,000 people have tried to find this treasure. Yep. Some of them quit their jobs mm-hmm. to do so. Um, and five people have died yeah. while searching for the treasure chest. Like this thing is amazing. So it gets better though. Somehow it gets better. So this woman, of course, she's a Chicago real estate attorney. So there's a connection back to Chicago. Um, that she, so she says that she solved the puzzle, but someone hacked her and stole the solution. All's fair and treasure hunting, as far as I'm so, concerned. Right. You think Not Blackbeard got away with that excuse, Captain but James that, T. Hook? There's someone else, someone in Colorado Springs sued Forrest for one and a half million dollars claiming that he deprived him of the treasure through fraudulent statements and misleading clues. And that, that case got thrown right out of court. I was going to say that had to have not gone in the, the, uh, that guy's favor. Right. I I know English, by the way, I know how to talk. Sorry. (laughs) right. Just put a, uh, a microphone in front of me. I'm on. But yeah, there's, I mean, it goes on talking about some of the stuff like that people have tried to pull where um, they were saying like, oh, I found it or I'm going to sue you because your your clues were fraudulent or whatever. Um, but he won't, he won't give any kind of, he won't say who it was. He won't say where it was. None of that. The chest, the, the treasure chest weighs 20 pounds and its contents weigh another 22 pounds. And he said he delivered the chest to its hiding place over two trips by himself. That's amazing. God, I, I don't want to like know where it is. Like, just just like, where do you do this? I need to know for future reference. But just for a brain like that, where do you pick? Oh, my I God. I mean, it, you so realize it, like, it could be like in the basement of a 7-Eleven. It could be anywhere. Who? Yeah. Who knows? I just I, I saw the story and I was I, I was in love with it. Like, oh my God, this is amazing. It's just it's so, so great. good. It's yeah. so good. It's so great. I want to know, do we know how the people died? Like, did they get eaten by bears? The, I don't know. It doesn't say. It just said five people have died. Can you imagine this too? I'm suing this guy for his false clues and a judge being like, you know what? Yeah, this guy for uh, not telling you where a million of his or one and a half million of his dollars and assets are yeah directly yep you're right right sue him right. he's guilty read, this guy i'm sure that like could you imagine the the plaintiff reading the poems being like what is this well what talk about this? talk about the ultimate um like one bad apple so it's a fun thing it create now one could argue like yeah five people die but my my argument in this is no one made anybody go do this. So if you die right. doing it, that's on you. He did not create. Right. Well, and as you just said, he 
42 pounds worth of goods were transported by this guy at the time, 79 years old. Right. So it's not too treacherous. So it's kind of like, hey, you know what? We have to create a new law that says you're not allowed to do cool stuff like this and create some sort of fun and goodwill in this world. I know. I wish I would have known about it before so I could see like I could have I could have followed along. Because Man, that would have been so cool. But yeah, I, feel like I thought that was a fun have, story. You would have had some justification on why you had to part- take a stab at the hunt. Right. Like, hey, and I'd be hey, like, hey, honey, I'm going to take a year off so I can find this stupid treasure. And somehow all of us would be the idiots for saying you're crazy. <laughs> right. In typical Chris McEwen versus the world fashion. That's right. That's awesome. What a good. That's story. Right. I love that you saw that, too. It's so funny. One, well, it's I did. It's funny in our. In our pre-show production meeting, that's pretty serious. Um, for those wondering, it was an extensive meeting. We talked a lot about camera lenses and true. camera body functions and photoshopping. So that naturally led to Chris going, I have a good story out of the, what was it? New, the Santa fe I don't know. What did you say <laughs> the Santa Fe, New Mexican. Yeah, well, clearly, my mistake. <laughs> um I had I had no idea that's where the story originated from, but yeah, I read that a couple of days ago. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, I'm just glad we live in a world where there's such a thing. There's in, in light of everything going on, there's still some fun out there, some spirit, right? I know. And uh, speaking of spirit, golf's back. Golf is back. What do we get? What do we have one more day as of this as of this posting of the show? Yeah, yeah. Did you one see? One more day. Big big fan of Ian James Poulter posted an Instagram story today of he was playing a practice round with Brooks Kepka, which oh, I, thought, really? I don't know why I thought that was interesting. And yeah. um, basically, Poulter hit a tee shot on this par three that's carrying a bunch of water and just like missed it right it, there was no question he said just right in the water terrible shot hits a second shot shot it just pulls it left into these trees or you know <laughs> terrible just like clearly rusty yeah and uh so brooks kind of like laughs at him for it and then he's so polter's like just retelling the story that we're not seeing it happen live and he goes so brooks steps up hits his first shot right to the same spot polter did then he hits a second shot, sh- like he doesn't short of the green, but past the water. And goes, well, it only took at least it only took me two shots. And as he's saying that, the ball just like falls back off and down into the water. <laughs> so it was, it's like it, it is funny. It was good fun, and his, watching those two guys have a laugh about it was fun. Poulter's always fun, yeah. Um, but it's it was a sign of all right these guys are getting back at it and a sense of normalcy. Yep. So we'll see. I'm, I'm I hope, I hope WRX or somebody does a great job of covering. Somebody has to, of this new, like the equipment distribution center, how they have the weird yeah. enter here, exit there. And co- the equipment companies drop off, pick up the players drop off, pick up. I, I need that covered in, Great detail. The closest thing I've seen was US Team Amia posted a picture of the facility, like hmm. from the outside. 
Hopefully they do. Man, what a what a what a topic that is ripe for the broadcast in between shots to show exactly like do a do a, a pre-prepared piece. Ooh, that's tough. To just kind of show how <laughs> you're that calling your, you're calling yourself out on them now. <laughs> <laughs> how that works. You know, like it's perfect for that. And I feel like you know, up. you know they're not. It's gonna be like right. Right. Let's cut to Brandel and Frank at the golf set, golf channel studios in Orlando yelling at each other. About- Did you see the story about how like um, Jim Nance will be like all alone in his booth? And usually he's surrounded by like eight people. Yeah. And Faldo's not going to be eight. Faldo's people? not going to be at the course. He's uh, right. he'll be in Orlando, right? Or wherever. Yep. Yeah. It's him, Nablo. And I forgot who the third one was back at the studio. This is Nablo, not Chambly. Yeah, I like Nablo. I do too. I like Frank. Good hey, dude. Frank. Yeah. I like you. I do. Keep up the good work, um, Frank. Have you gotten a, a look at the featured groups for Thursday and Friday? No. Oh, we got we got a couple of good ones. I, I feel like, are you going to do, I feel like, um, like PGA Tour Live may crash with all the people that are working from home now. Because I wouldn't usually watch it, but I will be. Well, see, I would always fire. I uh, give in my position at my company, and I work on tech. Well, yeah, uh, you've got an office and the whole thing. We know. No, 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 no. Oh. I'm in like tech <laughs> operations, right? Oh, I do have an office. Yeah, not a big deal. Um, <laughs> but I go to one of my guys. I go, hey, uh, I checked. Broadcast starts at nine on the stream. Can you make sure one of the knock screens is showing the golf out here today, please? Oh yeah, nice. And it's the best on like a summer Friday where it's just yeah, especially around the fourth, like a Fourth of July where everybody's gone basically from the two weeks before the Fourth of July because school's out, you know. Yeah. And then the yep. two weeks after Fourth of July, really the whole month of July, and it's just quiet, and you're like, you know, one o'clock, and you're just standing leaning against somebody's cube watching the <laughs> golf, and it's somebody who, like doesn't even care about golf, like wow, that's a great shot, right? Yep. This is nice. Yeah. But I'll have my um my monitor dedicated to that one. I'll have the laptop open. I'll probably just sit on the couch with the mo- with the laptop and have the monitor just with golf on it. It'll be nice. No way of streaming it uh up to the big TV. I could, but the big TV is in my wife's office, which is the living room. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, that's right. There is. There is a LED couch in the Chris McEwen stew. That's right. That's right. I had my first right. uh, since all this shit started. Uh, probably the first time. There's been times I'm like, okay, I'm overworking in the dungeon, and I got to figure out a way to sort of like, uh, feel revitalized and not just it's the same two steps every day. But today yeah. was like the first day I went. I feel like I just I need to get back to the office. I'm not telling you I want to be there every day. Really? I'm not telling you I want to like deal with coronavirus. I'm not saying that. It's just like yeah. a sort of like be around the people and be be able to access people the right way and work normal. Now, yeah. I'm not telling you I need Interesting. to do that perpetually. It's like just a maybe just a week of it would be great right now. And then I'm sure by like day three, I'd be like, all right, I'm ready to not do this anymore. Right. Right. And this is, yeah. again, all things equal, not having to deal with like not factoring in how much I hate the commute. 
yeah. just other yeah. annoyances such as you know people in the building because you have to remember in my building there's a zillion people in it so yeah man think about the willis tower did all that renovation where they put in all the new I restaurants know. and the whole For like point, four years they did that well it's not been four years it's but it's not it's gonna be time. done it's not gonna be done till like 2022 yeah um, okay so but it's an extensive period of time ton of money and the whole point of all the work they have been doing in this building has been to attract more people and make it a hub <laughs> and basically everything they are doing is counter to everything coming out of coronavirus like yeah we can't operate like this anymore yeah so i mean like, think whoa. about the the first american building that they've been that they've been building right next mm. to the opera house mm-hmm. like that thing's almost done no one's gonna be in it no one <laughs> nobody's gonna be in that thing it's huge it's gorgeous but yeah no one's gonna be in it i can't wait for people to, to be like get commercial real estate now because it's cheap and it's like it's never coming back Right. Unless it gets right. an overcrowding thing, you know, 50 years from now where all the giant skyscrapers have to get converted into condos and things because there's nowhere to put people anymore, you know, a la Tokyo. Yeah. Or think but, about like the uh, the post office that sat empty for decades and then oh. someone finally got to renovating that thing and it made a beautiful new office space empty. Yeah. And they've been totally dying empty. to get people. And they were like getting a little buzz where people are finally getting yeah. attracted to it. Yeah. Yeah. Pepsi bought a whole floor. They had their whole, it was, it's a great, I don't know if you've been in there, but it's, um, it's, I love that building to start. One of my favorite buildings in the city. But, um, but yeah, like, so Pepsi went from having like a 13 story or whatever, I think it was maybe a 10 story office um, on like Franklin. They just bought a single floor and they can put everybody on that floor. That's how big that building is. My company had a spell where it's like everybody was leaving and jumping ship to go to Pepsi in that building. You were met the former building. Yeah. And uh, it was like they were all getting deals within Tropicana. Oh, really? Like, yeah. We're working for the orange juice company. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's awesome. Congratulations. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so to, if, let's go back, back to, to the uh, featured groups, right? Yeah, yeah. So in uh, the Thursday, Friday group one, you've got Rory McElroy, you've got John Rahm, and you've got Brooks Kepka. So what's significant about those three players playing together? Mm, they all play tailor-made equipment. Uh, Brooks, Brooks, I guess not. Brooks officially. doesn't. Yeah. They're they are all, all, they're they all are the, top three, the top three players in the world. And the official world golf ranking. I don't even know. I don't even know that right now. Call me a Jack <laughs> golf fan. Rory's yeah, number so one, right? Yes. Okay. It's one, two, three. Rory, Rom, Kepka. Rom is the number two player in the world right now. I feel like it's I haven't weird. seen Rom play golf since like November of last year. That blows my right. mind. It's weird. Um, group two, feature group number two. It's the uh it's the what was it? SB2K reunion. Without Smiley. Fowler, Thomas, and Speed. Yep. Wow, that's a They'll good be playing group. together. That is a good group, right? Do you remember when they played the par three at the Masters and they, who was, it was I think it was Fowler and 
Thomas hit back to back hole in ones. Yeah, hole in ones when they were doing a, the par three contest. Yeah, yeah. I think that it was, was Thomas. Awesome. It wasn't. I don't think it was Speed. No, Fowler was, was one. Of, I know Fowler was one of them because he was wearing sick lime green with blue accent Puma golf shoes. And I was like, <laughs> I remember sending an email to Poo, or to Cobra Puma and being like, yo, you need to release these. I will pay so much money for them. Thank you. <laughs> they told me no. <laughs> Bastards. Okay. Yeah, right? Hey, come on, Puma. Right. Do um, I'll still Spieth, buy them. Still release Spieth them. Spieth has a win at, uh, at the Charles Schwab. So maybe he can get back on a little bit. Back yeah, in 2016. Also, he also had a win at the Masters. And while you saw what happened. Uh, That's true. When he just duffed seven chip shots into the into the creek, and I got to tell you something, you know what? God, that made me so sad. Even even I could not do that. Now you saw that I, wedge game; it's coming. I, it's it's true. It's very true. Tell me, you weren't a little like, oh my god, you weren't lying. This is coming back a little bit. No, man, your wedge game was good. Minus for real, for real, the, for real. Minus a full swing that almost killed Josh, but that's doesn't well, yeah. count. <laughs> I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna mention that one. But otherwise, I thought you were no, you were pretty you wouldn't know you would have known that you had a mental block. Shout out Andy Gorman. Yeah. Very impressive. So uh, have you looked the, at all go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say the um it sounds like the that group with Fowler, Thomas, and Spieth, one of them is going to be mic'd up through the rounds. I wonder who it, it has seen, to be Justin Thomas. It has to be. No, it, Justin Thomas said that's not his deal. He doesn't want, he said the conversations between me and my caddy and the players I'm with are, are my business. Oh my God. I mean, here's the worst part. I get it. I can't tell you. I don't understand that. If he just said between me and my caddy, different story, me and my playing partners, like shut up. Yeah. And I don't, that's, I want to be clear. That's an entirely unfair take for me to be making right now. I'm aware of it. It's not but. like they're going to, it's not like there's a live stream. Like they're obviously going to, I mean, it's the PGA. They're going to protect their guys. Like we know that the they do censored, that. mic'd up thing you've ever right. seen in your life. Right. But it's going to be Rick. Rick's wearing the mic. I love Richard. Love him. But yeah. he was kind of boring at, I mean, the already boring driving relief yeah thing so i hope he comes out of his shell a little bit for that yeah or he's more just naturally more interesting than maybe he let on i don't know i I guess the other thing they're going to do is they're going to have a confessional after certain tea boxes (laughs) here did you see read the line i said which players will have the option to pop into if they want to drop like a 20 second soundbite about their round or something and i'm like yeah so it's optional and there's no organization to it i hope even though I like what I like where their heads at, I hope based on that alone, the play nobody does it because that's such right. A Everyone just stones the out, tent. Yeah, right. like this is such a poorly <laughs> planned out thing. Don't humor them. Don't give. Don't don't act like this was a good idea. How you right. set it up? If you had somebody, if there was a way like where it was, hey, um, every other group that comes through, one of the players has been tagged and will stop and talk. Right. Okay. But this right. like, Hey guys, if you just feel like it, cause now there's a cer- certain like air of arrogance to it. Like, Oh, people want to hear me talk. I'm going to go in here. Like, I, I don't know. I hate it. I really I, want, here's what I want to happen. I want like, I want Justin, Ricky and Jordan to all go together. 
Yeah. Like, and have a group. <laughs> and we like, we've been social, we've been social distancing together or quarantining together so we can do right. this. Right. How about them? They no, all go together. I have a better idea. All right. So you see like, uh, you see Poulter and his group come through and they cut to the confessional on you. They go, all right, we're cutting the Ian Poulter in the confessional and it's Connor sketches. <laughs> all right. We're that cutting the, be, we're cutting to, be uh, John Rahm in the confessional and it's Connor sketches. He's just doing all the players. <laughs> right. And while that would actually be brilliant. That'd and be while absolutely that's brilliant. super cheesy and dumb, like, okay, we all get it. The counter sketches guy. Ha ha ha. There's a little element to that. It would be funny. It would be, it would be fantastic. And they have, they have the whole show, right? They don't, they have a counter sketches show now on golf channel. Like it's like no, a, on it's that, a cross it's promotion. On that, it's on that golf pass. Oh, that's right. Yeah, right. You have to pay for counter sketches. So you just going to give it away. Which I think is awesome for him, but conceptually very funny. Like, yeah, this is such yeah. a demand that I'm going to go pay whatever a month to watch counter sketches. Like, no, I'm right. not. Sorry. Right. I, did you see the video, though, he put out recently? It was it was like Ryder Cup stuff. And it was. I did. Yeah. Like if the players were mic'd up and heard your yachting one and then. Poulter and DJ and he's like, yeah, great playing with you, Mr. Molinari. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that guy is, a, he is great. He's hats he's off very to good. him. Yeah. Yeah. So throw very him good. in the confessional. I think it's going to be dumb. That's my two cents. And I think the broadcast is going to be poor. And as we've been saying, like there's going to be so much making up for sponsors and whatnot. It's going to be com- oh. bad commercial city and yeah carting out all the CEOs and COOs and how many times community outreach and first, like first responders, this first responder, that where you're like, how much, you know what? First responders probably would have loved if you didn't have this golf tournament right now. (laughs) Right. Right. As Texas is on the uptick. Speaking of uptick and coronavirus, let's talk about Arizona. Oh, I'd rather not. It puts me in such a sad, sad mood. So for that reason, I'll keep talking about it. So Chris is supposed <laughs> to have his big annual Arizona trip, which is a double-edged sword. He gets to go play some cool golf and really have a cool guy's golf trip and also catch up with some family that lives out there. So I know. You know, it's, it's good. This yeah. year, though, coronavirus has been an obstacle. But the good news was things were trending the right direction and looking like, hey, we're catching up. Things are all right. It might be plausible. He could get out there safely. And then today, the news comes out. Arizona has had such an uptick, a spike, if you will, since reopening four weeks ago. They're redeclaring a state of emergency for their basically all of their medical industry in Arizona. Um, So that looks looks like Chris is probably not going to make it at this point. I know it's really. It's not great. It was such an easy decision earlier because we were basically Arizona was on the same trajectory as Illinois. It was like, oh, it's not, it's going to be no different, right? It's going to be, we're we're basically the same. Illinois is killing it, man. We're at 5% positivity rate. We've had our lowest number of of cases. We also just reopened though. True. I know. Like, talk to us in four weeks, see what it looks like. I don't think and it'll so, be as bad as Arizona's, but Arizona also went from like, okay, we're reopening to don't wear face masks and spit in each other's face like Wisconsin. Right. 
Right. But here's the thing. So here's, here's how you, here's how you have to, th- so if, so we just reopened in Illinois, right? Mm-hmm. So in four weeks, while Illinois could be where Arizona is today, Arizona could start to be trending back down. Arizona could be where Wuhan is now. It could be, it could be, but see, that's the thing that I'm trying to, that I'm trying to balance, right. That I'm trying to kind of go through is like, okay, yes, it's, it's June 9th, right. I won't be out there until July. I think it's 16th or something, whatever. So in those four weeks, I mean, at this point, you don't know what anything is going to look like. Four weeks ago, Arizona was way safer than Chicago. Look, at this point, safer. I wouldn't even bother with this math. I would just hope in four weeks time or by the time it's time to go to Arizona, you don't already have it yourself. That's your goal <laughs> right. right now. Okay. The other That's- thing too, and what we're what I was contemplating is, so Maricopa County is by far the hot spot in Arizona. It's a, it's a, that's where all, I mean, 90% of the cases are the house. Now that, that it's, at, now that it's reopened, all the Chicago snowbirds are like, finally right. I can go out to my Arizona right. house and have some freedom. Right. Now the house that I'm staying at during that time is in Flagstaff, which is not in Maricopa County and it's far lower. So, you know, do I say I'm just going to go straight from Phoenix airport to Flagstaff. Will I just drive to Flagstaff? I don't know. We have to, I have, those are decisions that still have to be made, but I am contemplating possibly taking a road trip. I just don't do something dumb. I'm not going to do anything stupid. At least I don't think I'm going to do anything stupid. You know how it gets. So once your impulse hits, well, there's, there's something that, so there's, there's, well, we're going to, this is going to become a two hour long show. If I drive, right, I could drive directly to my parents' house, which is in the desert, away from everybody, and I can easily avoid the current disaster that is Phoenix, Arizona. Not an I, issue. I heard through However, the grave. However, I heard through the grave. No one else is avoiding that. Your parents don't want you there. They said, keep oh, your COVID ass out of here. That's not true. They texted me. I could show up there and be like, I have COVID. My mom would be like, come here. Come here. Let me give you a kiss on the lips. Right. I miss you, no, she'll be she'll be fine. Let me let me open your mouth. Say ah. She would I would let her feed me, just like the old days. <laughs> bird style. <laughs> yeah, baby bird it. Um <laughs> all right. Part two of this. Um if you if you do uh, don't forget to bring back a good Arizona souvenir, okay? What do you want? Like a magnet or like a sombrero or a pair of boots? <laughs> have we talked about a gun? Stuff? They have lots of guns there. Yeah. Bring back. A, if you can bring back a gun actually around <laughs> here, around here, that might be useful right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not a bad. You finally, uh, that's one of the better ideas you may have had. Make it remind a me to this. tell someday when we have nothing to talk about. Um, I have my first gun story. When I, when I went to Arizona, I can tell you that story. It's, it's a doozy. It's funny, my one gun, like my one real gun story also takes place in Arizona. Just not even, not even remotely kidding. I was probably (laughs) nine years old and like in retrospect, not even then. I'm like, oh, so this is how people accidentally die. Like, (laughs) 
It was in Arizona. Oh my God. Um, (laughs) It's so normal there. It's just so normal there. It's not a big deal. But like for me, I'm just not that guy. Speaking of Arizona, do you think, no, I'm not either. Not at all. Even now with like all this, not when I say unrest, I mean like with COVID, with the political stuff going on, it was sort of that like, you know, even with coronavirus where people are like, Hey, this could turn into the wild west. Like you should probably, you know, you might need a gun to protect your house. Like even in that, I'm going. You know what? If it gets to that point, I guess we're all going down. Right. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm not right. It's over. And I like, I I held a gun. I was in the military. I had to pass tests and do all those things. Like I'm good, man. I don't I don't want to do that. I'm not getting into it. I'm hey, look. If you're a gun person, I'm I'm not a big like anti-gun guy. I think we have gun issues in this country. So don't think that's what I'm saying either. No, totally. But my whole family—they're all—they're all gun enthusiasts. I believe it from what you've described on this story, and they live in Arizona, <laughs> right? It's part of the culture. Scotty likes Imagine Dragons. Of course, he likes guns. I would just appreciate if crazy people didn't have them. That's all. That's all. I. That's all I ask. That's not reasonable. crazy. That's not like crazy people ask him. It seems reasonable, or you can't march into like government buildings with them. Probably a good idea. With yeah. a swastika tattooed on your forearm. <laughs> Um, here's a question. Speaking of Arizona souvenirs, do you think you, do you think they sell Arizona snow globes? Probably up North. Oh, I guess they do get snow in some of those. Although they probably sell like Arizona sand globes, but that's like in the mountains too, though. Right. Where the snow is and up North. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're playing in flag because it's going to be like literally 15 degrees cooler up there than Phoenix or Scottsdale. Otherwise, like if you play in Scottsdale, you fly into Phoenix. Do you think you get a snow globe at the airport? I'll get you one. No, I'm just saying you I think they see. exist. I don't want a snow globe. You're getting one now. You're going to get a snow globe and a cactus. That'd be dope. That'd be awesome, actually. Who are we kidding? <laughs> I'd rock a cactus. Cactus are great. We had a cactus when I was a, a, a single man back in the day. I had a cactus from Arizona. We, we probably had that thing for. God, must have been seven years. My dad has. So my dad has not had his own. Like He got out of his business, I mean, somewhere around 2003, 4, 5, somewhere in there. And he had a cat, like, you know, typical little, like, on your desk novelty cactus. Yeah. Yeah. You go to his house now. It's like a full-blown cactus. He still oh, yeah, has we had a, Yeah. Rather sure. just emptying the office and throw shit in the dumpster, he decided to take the cactus home. And <laughs> I can't tell you how many times my mom's like, "Can we just get rid of this cactus?" Right. And, my uh, my kids made me transfer it to other pots mm-hmm. because it was so valuable to the family. When it's like, so that's what I could see happening, being like, "Oh, great, Chris, thanks. I'm responsible for a cactus now from Arizona." <laughs> and then my 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 soon to be eight year old and soon to be four year old are like, "This is great." Right. And now I have to support this thing through sickness and health till death do us part. <laughs> it's um, hard to kill a cactus, though. Oh, you'll be fine. Yeah, you know I could. Find, I'll find a way. Yeah. Um, I was going to close talking about the 2010 Blackhawks Zoom thing, but um, I don't think people really care. I do want to recognize, though, we are in the midst of the 10 year anniversary of. The Blackhawks winning the 2010 Stanley Cup championship. It was their first 
Stanley Cup in 49 years. And yeah, um, God, I can't believe that's been 10 years, man. As oh, much cow. as we enjoyed the 13 and 15 victories and what have you, that 2010 team was oh. minus having Cristobal Huey as the number one goalie <laughs> all year was <laughs> so good. And uh, if Niemi played the way he played in the playoffs against anybody at any time, they, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know if there's many teams in NHL history that were better. Yeah. That's man. That team was so much fun. They were, God, they were so fast. I just remember them being so fast. And then they partied. I remember like all the pictures of John Madden and other players shirtless yeah. in the limo and in the limousine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I remember like, wasn't John Madden married or something at the time? We're like, what? Yeah. It was not great. <laughs> so on this, so you know the whole thing like uh, Big Buff uh, didn't report this year and there was like a whole big, he's suspended so it doesn't count against the salary cap. Turns out it, was, it wasn't that straightforward and he they finally ended up getting bought out of his contract in Winnipeg. So yeah. he's sort of bent. No one's known what's going on with him. Big Buff was on the Zoom meeting. Really? Yeah. So I I started it I started it tonight, but I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to watch it the rest of the way in because I loved I loved him as a Blackhawk, hated him as a Jet. Yeah, but the, hated, hated him as a you jet. hated him as a Jet because of the same reason you loved him as a Blackhawk. Oh, 100. percent The best was Seabrook making fun of him playing defense when Campbell was out hurt, and then Sharp Patrick Sharp comes you know Edzo asks Eddie Olchek sorry asks him a question and Patrick Sharp's like. People forget that next series, uh, things against Vancouver, it changed a lot because Soupy Brian Campbell came back yeah. from injury, so right. we got a you know a world class defenseman back, and Bufflin didn't have to play D anymore; he could go back up to forward. <laughs> so we there was a huge shift for our team with that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Bufflin was so bad at defense in Chicago. I think he oh, played he D brutal. though. After that, he though, did. with he, Winnipeg, yeah. he played D, and he's good. Yeah, that exactly. I he remember was really good. Jeremy Roenick on his second trip with the Coyotes. Hey, shout out Arizona. Um, <laughs> shout out Biz Nasty 2.0. Paul Bissonnette, he's a legend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, again, when I I left the Blackhawks and I followed Roenick after they traded him, you know, way back, way back when. Um, so when he's on his second trip in Phoenix, he was in the, they came to town and I had a buddy from ISU. I played hockey with that. I don't remember exactly what it was. If he coached or how, or his little brother was on uh, Marty LaPointe's kids team. So, they would get Marty LaPointe's tickets and he's like, Hey, I can't use these. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I do want to go Ronix in town. Sure. So they're, you know, like eighth row, uh, yeah, right. Bl- Blackhawks end and Ronick. If you, I don't know how much you recall, but post 2004, 2005 lockout Ronick was terrible. And he was very good with the Flyers going into the lockout. So, you know, Ronick's better years are behind him, but I'm still a big Ronick guy at the time. 
not so much these days, but that's more to do with social yeah. and cultural things. Right. Um, but Ronick, we're sitting on the Hawks end. They're they're so it's their end. Ronick gets in like a one on one chase basically against Buff, and Bufflin trips him, and Ronick's like supermaning. And ends up scoring on it. And I was like right there, right in front of me. And it was just really as probably bad defenseman with old man Ronick. But right. you can also paint the picture as like this beautiful, heroic goal by Ronick. It was awesome. <laughs> it, it was like it was such a great like moment of closure for me and the end of Jeremy Ronick's career, even though he went to San Jose after that. But yeah. It was awesome, and Buff got burned pretty bad. <laughs> Buff, though, man, that Philadelphia Flyers series and that Vancouver oh. Canucks series 2010 was a force to be reckoned with. Man, that Philly series, he was, yeah, he was so good. I just remember Claude, because we're French-Canadian, Claude Giroux was like, new to the was you fairly new to the hockey landscape and just like you just heard his name constantly him yeah. carcillo and pronger just were like all over the place and were the biggest headaches in the world and then valtteri filpula it was whew, they were monsters and you're just like can someone get filpula off the ice god <laughs> these finnish guys i tell you all right we've covered covid we've covered arizona we've we've covered gun control and (laughs) the 2010 blackhawks feels like a good time to wrap good show show up good show (laughs) all right chris it's been a pleasure go check on some bread for me and uh hopefully i'll see a loaf soon um otherwise i'll talk to you tomorrow sounds good man see you then bye everyone